Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. my friends. Welcome back to the She Built This podcast. We're here. We are here. We made it. It is 2024, a new fresh year, uh, which means new year, new interviews and chats. I wanted to kick off this episode and I guess technically this entire year um, by sort of telling you the plan for the She Built This podcast in the coming year. As you may or may not know, I'm also the host of a second podcast, the Content with Character podcast, which is a podcast focused on content creation and really how to infuse your character into your content as well as make the content creation process a whole lot more enjoyable and fun for you. I am also a copywriter and I have friends and I have a life and I really like being able to live my life and all that to say, I'm not over here uh, hosting two podcasts, working for my copywriting clients and doing all the things as superwoman, okay? I am human like you, which means in order to make time for everything that I want to do, I have to intentionally choose my frequencies, my consistencies, and really what I want to do because I need it to work for my time and my energy and my business as it makes sense. Now, I have overfilled my plate many, many times in the past year, and I am not playing that game right now. I am not playing that game at the moment. So I gave it a little think over and I thought long and hard about the purpose and focus of this podcast in the new year. I also looked very closely at how many people listen, which episodes they like the most, which episodes they share the most with other people. This is a collaboration, right? It is a win, win, win. I personally absolutely love bringing you these episodes. My guests really enjoy bringing you these episodes. I like connecting with my guests. Most of them I like to think like connecting with me. And I really get to feed my curiosity while feeding yours. So like I said, it's a win-win-win. We're all in this together. So kind of like thinking all that through and uh, giving that some time, I used all of that information and insight to just make a little change on the She Built This podcast in this year so that I really do have time for all the things that I love to do. I am going to be releasing uh, one episode a month for the entirety of 2024, and I'm going to kind of like feel out how that pace goes. So you probably most of the, the guests I bring on will be a person who I've built a really nice rapport with and relationship with already. And I just really want to bring it to you so that you can know more about them and hear what they have to say. So that means there's only going to be 12 episodes. The real estate is uh, 
Well, it's it's reflective of how the entire real estate market is right now. There's not going to be a lot of inventory, but you can guarantee that in doing that, I'm really going to be bringing you conversations I want to have, I want you to listen to, and while you're waiting for new episodes to come out here... I would love to invite you to listen to my Content with Character podcast. It is a solo show, meaning it's just me. Um, And I do release one episode every single week. And on those episodes, we've been having so much fun. We're really getting into personality and character and then how to share those things in your content, how to market yourself, how to increase your visibility, and all of this in a very more fun and let's say energetically manageable way because I know that you don't want to overfill your plate either. So that's the big announcement. That's the change. Those are the updates. Housekeeping over. Without further ado, as I always say, let me introduce today's guest and episode topic. Today we're kicking off with someone Oh boy, I've been dying for you to meet my friend Kristen, Kristen Messagey. Kristen Messagey feeds my Enneagram obsessed brain like no one I have ever met. Kristen is a life coach specifically for Enneagram sixes. And if you are an Enneagram six or you know an Enneagram six, you understand why we might need a special flavor of support. Uh, Kristen helps people to live less in their head and more fully into their lives. She's the host of the Life Uninhibited podcast, the Enneagram 6 podcast. Kristen has a teen and an almost teen and says that she loves this stage of parenting the most so far. She has always thought she was made to parent teens. She's happily married, living outside of Austin, Texas, though the Pacific Northwest always has her heart. In this conversation, Kristen and I are going to talk about trust as humans, as business owners, ways that we build it with ourselves and others, and ways that trust can break down. I hope that you're going to feel inspired, also more curious, and excited to consider all the ways that trust shows up for you as a person and as a business owner. And on that note, thank you for trusting me to bring you interesting guests, interesting topics, and for sticking around for them. All right, episode one out of 12 in 2024. Let's buckle up and let's go. Hi, Kristen, and welcome to the She Built This podcast. Hi, Emily. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, all right. So before you joined, I read your bio and everybody got to hear all of your credentials and who you are and what you do. But I like stories of how you got mm. to where you are. So mm. I'd love to hear in your own words, like how you got to where you are and then what you do now. And then we'll get into today's topic. The topic to share. That is a great question. Do you ever have moments in your life where you're like, how did I get here? I have absolutely no idea. It's, Often. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I, wow, oh, how do I answer that question? I think the short version is I always knew that I wanted to do something with people. I never had like a traditional career that was really fit me. It was like, I just, And I also wanted freedom in my life because I wanted to have freedom in terms of like my kids' schedule. And at some point, 
and this of course could be a very long story. The short version is I decided I was going to be a life coach and I know I would be a really good coach, but I had zero confidence in my ability to build a business. And so I was very scared about that part. I knew I could figure out how to help people. I did not know if I could figure out how to build a business. So I found a school that taught both really well. And I decided very early on that I would coach Enneagram sixes because I am one. And I was doing a lot of Enneagram learning around the same time. And the tools I was learning at my school were genuinely transforming my life, my relationships, and helping me actually do this terrifying thing of building a business. So I don't know, it kind of all just came together. And then like it worked. I also put on uh, like in my mind, there was no back door like when I decided and I found the thing I wanted to do yeah. and I had the people I wanted to work with, I just went all in and there was really a sense of no other option because I did not know what else I would do with my life. No escape hatch is sometimes the best there was way. It's the best no escape hatch. I have yeah. a couple of questions. So mm -hmm. first of all, I want to know what made you know inside of yourself that you were really good at helping people with, with like that you would be a good coach. And secondly, mm -hmm. I want to know conversely why you thought you wouldn't be good at the business side of things. And then I have one more question for you, but I want to let you answer those. Okay. I think it's the same answer for both questions, right? Like I'm very good naturally. I was always very people-y. It's definitely one of those people that, you know, random people just tell everything to. And I really value relationships. I value connecting. I value getting better at relationships, improving how we operate with each other. Like I love parenting, for example, because it's so relational. You know, it's like the hard parts about it are what I really love because I'm like, we're developing real life relationships. So I just knew that I could connect with people and really listen to them and learn how to help them. That just felt like probably the only thing I would ever be very good at. Actually, I used to always say, if I could only find a way to monetize like my natural people skill set. So I did. But for the same reason, the idea of selling to people mm. and sort of um, asking them to buy something from me just felt, it felt as bad as connecting with people feels good. So I've never been a person actually who is able to make direct offers that I just, I sort of put myself in these places and help people all around. And then my clients for the most part come to me. So that's, it's still hard for me to actually market and sell. And those still are my growing edges and probably always will be in business. Like I can do them, but. I relate to that. And I know that a lot of people listening yeah. to relate to that because it's it's true. We didn't start our businesses because we love selling and we love no. marketing ourselves. No. And that's why there's so many resources out there that can help us do those things too. And yeah. we, it, we do learn and we do grow and we do have to get uncomfortable with that like cringy feeling. Totally. <laughs> like, bye now. So last question on this, on your story. Um, when you decided you were going to focus solely on Enneagram six yep. individuals, 
Did that feel like there's a lot of noise out there around niching versus not mm -hmm. niching. And especially in the coaching industry, like I can see how there were just people that were like, I'll work with anybody. So like, did it feel scary to you to choose such a tight niche? And like, what were other people around you sort of saying about it? Were they like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's actually really interesting because I knew there were Enneagram coaches who, and I, and I was not trained as an Enneagram coach. I was trained as a life coach and I chose to coach sixes. So I was reading a book at the time and they said, you want to choose something that, you know, is unique. And I just had this feeling like, I don't think anybody's doing this. And it felt 100% uh, good to me. And then I had pretty much everybody was like, that's too narrow. What are you doing? And this is before I'd even started. And I can be very swayed by other people's doubt. Like that's a, a potential real thing for me. And I was just like, I don't think any of you all know what you're talking about. There's only nine Enneagram numbers. Okay. So if we take the entire population, you divide it up into nine <laughs> That's a lot of people. And it's not a demographic. It's a psychographic. Yeah. It's 100%. how people think and relate to the world. And so to me, it felt like genius. And then turns out I was totally right. And now there's even, uh, there's a nine coach and there's other people who now think about it. And I really feel like I started that and I'm going to, I'm going to put a stake in the ground in that. Cause, uh, I feel good about it. I also and think I, I mean, get so that, much pushback and I was like, no, this is pretty sure. That is literally the way, I mean, for everybody listening, and I probably have already shared this in the intro, but that is the way I found Kristen is I looked specifically for a podcast that was for Enneagram six, because I was, you know, I listened to a lot yes. of Enneagram stuff and I read a lot of Enneagram stuff and I was looking specifically for that it caught my eye for that exact reason. So I think it's brilliant. I mean, from my SEO heart to your, nice. <laughs> your passion for it. I yeah. am just like, it's so, so brilliant. So, well, and I, being a six, there's so much about sixiness that if you're getting support and help, you feel like you have to explain mm. how you think and why you do. And people just question, well, why, why do you worry so much? Well, why are you thinking about that? You don't, None of that happens with me. It's like there is this sense of, oh, she gets me. Yeah. Not just because I understand, but because I have the same tendencies. I have the same brain. So that also just, well, we won't pivot too early to our topic, but it does provide a level of trust, right? Between my clients and me that is really special. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into trust. So let's do it. In, in your opinion, and I think a lot about trust because it, it is very, very important to me. Um, what do you think is a safe, comfortable way we can define trust? Like what actually is it? Maybe it's like a sensation in our body. Maybe it's a, a, a thought in our minds. Like what is trust? I, I think that it is something in our bodies at the end of the day, but there's a lot of pieces to it because I don't think we can know right away, right? We can have a sense of something, but then mm -hmm. there really is some measure of time to look at. For me, it's that there's a reliability is a big piece of it and just something firm. Yeah. So reliability, 
something you can count on. To me, that is kind of the definition I'm working with. And often that only gets built over the course of time because we have That's to right. watch as somebody responds and is, you know, follows through on their word. It's so interesting because I can think back to so many experiences in my life when someone said that they were going to do something and didn't do it yep. and watch as that trust has eroded and also yes. why, and it also explains so much about why I react the way that I do in new, new relationships and new situations. Cause I'm like, are they going to actually do what they say? Like, I'm not going to even get attached to them doing what they say they're going to do because I don't want them to drop the ball. Well, and I approach it opposite. So I will get disappointed because I assume that people are as trustworthy and reliable as I am. Just as a given, I assume it. It's like I project that out into other people. And so that does lead to me a lot of times being like, oops, I, oops, I assumed this about these people or this person or whatever. And that didn't actually uh, become reality. So, yeah. I think that used to be how I operated. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, no, 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 this is not going over anymore. Um, do you think that there are like sort of different ways? OK, let's talk about the different ways maybe that you would build trust in a relationship and kind of like whether or not there are different levels of it and what those might look like. Oh, my gosh. OK, so it just depends on the relationship. And the first relationship we need trust with is the one with ourselves. This mm. just has to be part of this conversation. Because part of the reason that I'm able to let people in pretty easily is I trust that if something goes awry, I can set a boundary. I can get out of the relationship. These are new skills that I've developed. I really want to say in this last year, a real faith in my ability to pivot, to shift instead of just stay somewhere that isn't working for me. Um, do I keep my commitments to myself? Am I reliable to myself? You know, a lot of us will keep our commitments to others, but not so much ourself. So I always think that self-relationship, that trusting relationship with self to me is sort of like that bottom level. It's like a foundation, a sense of internal security that allows me to then navigate relationships with other people. So I don't feel like People need to be necessarily trustworthy across the board for me. I'm looking at, okay, I've known this person for a while. What can I rely on them for? And what do I know not to rely on them for? Because I don't think yeah. that, I think it can be really unfair to expect people to be like reliable in all of the ways, all of the time. Like none of us are like that. So that's where I start. What do you think about that? I want to actually ask what are some tools that people could use to build trust in themselves? Because I agree. And I'm always saying this, like consistency is also about holding a promise to yourself. You know, consistency yeah. is also about having your own back, showing up for yourself, like believing that you're good enough to keep on doing the thing again and again and again and again. Yeah. Or to end something that needs to be ended. I think the first skill is boundaries being really clear on what are my boundaries? What am I okay with? What am I not okay with? Um, really 
building comfort in setting boundaries and holding boundaries. This is extremely challenging work, especially for the people that I work with. Sixes and boundaries is a thing for sure, because our boundaries can become extremely rigid and then we can get lonely and you know, very separated from people, or they can be way too open. And then we don't know how to set up boundaries or shift a relationship in a way that it needs to be shifted or have a hard conversation. So yeah, I would say boundaries is number one. And I think it's important to realize I had this awareness this year uh, because I've been working on boundaries this year or, you know, just really asking myself what mine are and how can I define them for myself? And so what I had to learn is that there are also different types of boundaries. Like there are professional boundaries, there are personal boundaries, there are actually physical boundaries for your own body. You know, like there's all sorts of different areas. You're going to have boundaries that you have to actually sit down and think about like, what do I feel comfortable with in this situation? So and internal boundaries. Yes. Right. So if I go online and every time I go online, I end up very upset and drained and whatever. Am I able to set internal boundaries on the time I spend online? What I'm consuming? Like we actually do have a lot more control over that than most of us assert because we get bowled over by, of course, the excitement and the dopamine hits and all these things. But that's a really good, just a place where we can all kind of understand, like, do I go to bed when I need to go to bed? Yeah. Do I drink water? Like really getting a reliable boundary relationship with ourselves, again, is just, it's so important. Okay. So once we have that foundation in and of ourselves, let's talk about mm-hmm. like between two people. And yeah. You know, I think we should talk about it from both ends. First of all, what are some signs that it's like, okay, I can trust this person. (laughs) And then what are some, what are some ways that we can also be show that we are more trustworthy or, or, or build that. I I don't want to say show we are more trustworthy because that doesn't even sound authentic, but like ways to Mm. actually authentically build it. That's a good, that's a good catch. Um, ah, it's so Okay, I'm trying to think of actual practical steps because so much of it is feel for me. It's scary. So much. (laughs) Yeah, it is scary. It also requires some risk. So, yeah, so much of it is feel. I'm actually just using our relationship as an example because we haven't known each other very long. We've developed a sense of like, oh, yeah, trust her, can count on her to, you know, what? Do what she says. I mean, I think what are the things that I'm paying attention to when I'm developing a new relationship? Uh, Does this person do what they say they're going to do? And am I at, and is that, what am I actually meaning by that? Am I look, what am I looking for? Mm. So like in this case, it's like, if we have an appointment, does the person show up on time for the appointment? Yeah, that's a a huge one. And I want to highlight some of these as business ones as well. So I feel like in a business in your business, that's a big one. Obviously, we all get it. Stuff comes up. <laughs> but when you are but constantly- what's the norm? I mean, honestly, being late should yep. be the exception. Yeah. And if it happens early on, that's just, that's something I pay attention to. To me, that is a sign, particularly in business, of unreliability, which I'm just like, I'm not interested in having to chase someone down or- whatever. Um, for me, 
is there mutual interest? Mm-hmm. That's a big one for me. Me too. And I would, I would tack on to that, like a sense of presence for one another. So like, not just like, you know, you can tell when somebody isn't giving you the proper time of day and it's just sort of like, like I can tell yes. when somebody's not present for me and they're just kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm if like, it's, and if you're like me, like a real people person, I can miss that. I'm not getting that presence. This is something I've really had to become aware of because I'm a giver relationally and that can feel really good for me. And then I can be like, wait a minute, I'm, this person hasn't asked a genuine question about me or, or my business, or like, it's not mutual or reciprocal the way that I'm wired. I can miss that. So that's something I have to like, keep an eye out for. Is this actually reciprocal? Is there like a joint? Is this a, is this a joint, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, are we both going to get something out of this? Yeah. Or is it not that? And it doesn't have to be like monetarily. It doesn't have to be no. like professionally success. It can just be relationally. Like, is this filling both of our cups? I'm so with you. Re- reciprocity is actually my word for 2024. Cause I'm like, Ooh, that's a good one. If it's not mutually exciting, I don't, I'm not interested. Like I don't want to be in rooms where people are like, Oh boy, here she comes. Seriously. <laughs> And I don't want to be feeling like that when I'm going into spaces like, no. So that's really a focus. And I think that is such a trust builder on both, both ways. It's like, I trust that you want to be here. And I trust that you are here for me in this space and time that we've created. So. And do you think that that is a nuts and bolts thing? Or do you think that's something that you feel? Yeah, I think that's a feeling. I think you can talk about both, it for sure. Probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think you can talk some of it through, um, mm-hmm. especially if you're having this sense of distrust or this sense of worry. Like, I think you and I both share this in common where we might be like, oh my God, I don't think that person likes me. I don't think that person likes me when totally. I don't like, I don't want to push myself on them and that's not what's happening. So I think talking some right. of those things out. Yeah. Um, The other thing I was thinking is like showing up. So I value this a lot with like people that I'm working with on a project or people that I'm planning something with, like showing up prepared and like having done what you said you were going to do, you know? So Mm -hmm. like showing up being like, okay, this was my end of the bargain. And I've actually held it up. And I've, I've worked with so many, I've hired subcontractors that have just shattered it, like just shattered it. Like you Mm. pay them to do something for one day or whatever. And then like at the end of the day, they like barely did it, you know, (laughs) or hired people. I mean, my website is a great story of this. It's just like six times over again. I'm just like people that let me down. And I was like, that's it. I'm doing it myself. But I think in our, as business owners, like that leaves a mark and it doesn't just leave a mark for me, the person that hired them it then reduces the fact that like now I'm not going to refer them to other people because I don't want them to let somebody else down and do the same thing to them. Because that's then your name. That's then your reputation. Trust is a ripple effect, right? So like, Oh, it so is. Yeah. Like we're building it between each other. Then I say, Kristen's great. And I'm passing your message along to somebody else. And now because they trust me, they trust you. It really is something we need to take very seriously as business. Owners. Okay. This is a skill though, because the sooner we can get that sense 
and sort of cut and run, whether that even means maybe I lost some money or whatever. I think we save ourselves. Well, I know we save ourselves so much time and angst when we can kind of suss these things out quickly and then have a hard conversation. Like the sooner, the better. I think this is one of the biggest learning curves for business owners is how much am I sort of in my people pleasing, make it work like energy versus, you know what, this is not a good fit and let's call a spade a spade and move on. I think that's, uh, it's something I have had to really, really, really learn. Like shortening that time period. I love that. And I totally agree with you. And I want to know if you would recommend people actually sit down and have the difficult conversation or if they employ the new 2023 method, (laughs) it's not new, of ghosting (laughs) and not saying anything. A professional relationship? What you do. I literally can't imagine ghosting anyone for anything. Like I'm not a ghoster. I don't, not something I do. I can't truly can't fathom doing it in a professional context, but, but this is to me, one of the ways where I know if someone, you know, if I reach out to you because I need something and the answer is weird or takes too long, I, I, I don't even understand ghosting personally. Like I've heard your podcast on it actually. I never make it mean anything about me or them if someone ghosts me. Yeah, I'm like, that's same. their deal. People get uncomfortable. There's so many reasons why people do it. Yeah. I, I never even considered it from like the business owner perspective. Is that a so, thing? Uh, yes. And so you, you're saying you would just have the difficult conversation. That to me... <laughs> talk about my own integrity, my own reliability. If I were to go someone I was contracting with, that would just not, you absolutely find a way to have the difficult conversation. Even if it's just like weird and you say way too many words. I mean, it's a skill. And when I frame things as skills, I get a lot more leeway inside of my own body to like flail my way through it. Yes. Yes. Right. If there's like, there's a right way and a wrong way, or I'm to whatever, um, you're building whatever your business is, like you're building skills all the time. So we don't build skills by being great at it at the beginning or feeling really good to do. So yeah, I absolutely do the thing. I want to put another one out there on the business front. And I think it's some level of, uh, giving. So when somebody is always taking, you are more likely, I think, or when they're always, let's say selling, right? Like if all their content is just focused on sell, 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 Mm -hmm. I tend to trust them less. If they, if I'm on their email list and they're like, you're going to get a weekly tip in your email. And then all I get is a weekly sales pitch in my email. I tend to trust them less. Mm -hmm. So I think there is also a piece of giving. And I think that some of the giving for, for some of us, right. It, is at some level also being a little bit vulnerable. So like, I know that when people, and I don't mean airing your dirty laundry. I mean, when you are showing up like your vulnerable human self on, in your social media, in your email, telling your stories on your podcast, like that is also a way to build trust. Like you just said, sometimes I'm over here flailing, you know, and like just being really honest about that. Like, I don't know how to have this conversation because I've never had it, but here it goes. Yeah. And this is uncomfortable. 
I think it's so true. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And there is this weird thing in online business where there's the sell, 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 and then there's the overblown opposite now where it's like, I'm totally imperfect and we're all totally imperfect. So you should trust me. And I'm like, that does not feel safe either. So there is this real middle ground. And honestly, to me, it just feels like uh, adulting. Professionalism professionalism yeah. adulting you're a hundred percent right <laughs> but like but like uh you know again a thing that we're all learning we're becoming adults we're becoming business owners and so yeah there is this thing of really expecting there to be a lot of discomfort and mess inside of that because I think a lot of times when we're feeling uncomfortable we have messages inside us that we're doing it wrong but if this particular skill is really hard for me, I must be getting it wrong. Mm. It's like, well, not at all. Perhaps no. you're really just, just learning like, how to do it. Like yeah. what are the values behind what you're doing? Why are you doing what you're doing? If those are solid, then yeah, it's going to feel like kind of sloppy and messy and there's going to be a lot of emotion. I mean, that's me anyway. Yeah, no, that's really, really well said. Um, All right. I want to ask a question about red flags Mm. and just things that, that maybe you have now use as red flags on just like, okay, it's a quick hit where like, I now notice I can't trust this person because you said your first instinct is to kind of go in like guns blazing. I know I'm a little bit like, oh gosh, have I even learned these? So do you, yeah. Yeah. So can you, okay. I've got, I have a hard time with this for sure. I'm going to tell you one of the things I'm really vulnerable to, and it's really embarrassing. I'm very vulnerable to my ego being stroked. Mm. So when people come in with a big, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. My first tendency is to be like, like, I I am, I know, I know I am. That is a hook for me. And that can really potentially be a red flag. I don't know. I kind of actually want to talk this through with you because I don't always catch it, but it's something this last year, as I've had a lot more exposure, I guess probably because of the podcast, I have gotten a lot more of that kind of intro to people coming in to me. And it's gone well. I mean, I feel like you kind of popped in with like a really sweet, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing, da 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 da. But it was different than this, like, um, I'm going to just call it love bombing that I have found when I connect with those people, it's it's like, oh, this is weird. I got too much of like, I don't know, my ego stroked. So is that, does that resonate with you at all? Definitely. And I, okay. I actually want to say when I did it to you, when I, I sent you, I think a voice message was my first one. And I was yep. talking, I was listening to your podcast while I was like, I paused it. I sent the voice message and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I didn't get the sense when you replied that you were over there like some giddy little schoolgirl. Like this is so exciting! Oh my god! So there, there either was something different in the way that I delivered it, or yes, there was there something was. different on your end where you're like, okay, this is like not, you know, I'm just it. You played it cool, is what I'm saying. So you could use you that also because you have it. <laughs> you also didn't come in from a business context. You didn't say anything for a long time. I had no idea that you were a podcaster, that you, so you were also just, I think, genuinely saying hi 
and yeah. starting a connection. It was even, it was a while before you were like, oh yeah, and said your own thing. And I was like, what? You have a podcast? So it was very genuine. So it's when people come at me directly about business stuff with the ego flattering that I'm starting to consider a red flag. Yeah. So it's funny because like when I get that stuff, I don't take, I don't soak it in. I'm just mm -hmm. like, what do they want from me? So here's an, and interesting, I'm learning. Oh, see, and I don't want to learn that, but, but I you, think, yeah, oh. exactly. Like that's not a way to be either. So I think there's a balance of letting yes. it soak in and be like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this compliment. I'm going to yes. let this sink in. Like this is a genuine compliment at least. And then I'm going to take a minute and like analyze the situation. So I really think that there's something to that. The love bombing, it can be, no. Okay. Yeah. I just thought of something else. The, the way to like kind of suss it out. The speed of response asked of you. So if someone comes in and love bombs me and then I'm like, yes, this, this is something to explore and they want me to commit to something right away or very yeah. quickly. Okay. This is my most recent learning. I'm so glad we're talking this through because I don't know that I had landed it actually. So I said yes to doing something that seemed cool. And it was like, great, you know, we're moving on this extremely quickly. And so all, and I did not trust the hitch that I started to feel in that moment. So this is part of my learning. Like, if you really want to work with me, then we're going to pace it in a way that I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So that's the learning that's grounding right now as we're having this conversation. There's a, there's a pace thing. Yeah. I think it's important to realize, and I, I don't want to like paint a bad picture out there on the online world, but I think it's important to realize that like, not everybody has our best interest at heart. And so when we open the door, you know, and we're like, yes, I'm going to take a step towards trusting you. Some people are like, here I am. I'm making myself at home. <laughs> and you just have totally. to, it's back to our boundaries. It's back to our yep. self-trust and our ability to like voice that like, Hey, I need to slow down and take this at a different pace. Is that cool with you? Cause if it's not, this isn't going to work for me. I, mean, I feel you can say it so <laughs> no, but like really grounding that right here. And now it is so true. Like I get to decide the pace that I do business yes. and Ooh, not thinking, not getting FOMO, not thinking that, Oh, this, this opportunity came. Cause this has all happened for me since I started my podcast, which I'm just on episode 43, I think. So this has been a very, that exposure has been extremely different for my business. I used to do everything inside a closed Facebook group and on Instagram. So just different things. Mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot more people coming to me since the podcast. And so it is still new learning. So really hanging out in this like, oh, wait, I get to set the pace for who I do. And I'm not losing anything if I need to pass on an opportunity. I don't need to speed myself up to it's not going to make or break my business. I think those are some key beliefs to kind of, you know, keep front and center. Yeah. So I have this experience sometimes with client relationships and also collaborations. And I have often repeated the same thing over and over and over again, because to your point, I always think like, oh, this time it's going to be different or this person <laughs> isn't, you know, I can't put everybody into this sort of, um, right. 
box, which I can't, and I don't want to do, but I do need to trust myself. This is where I'm building that trust myself. And when it doesn't feel right right to one of the people, it, then it becomes not reciprocal. So if there's no way to like bridge that back, then it's like, we have to step away. And to your point, I'm not missing out. This is not a FOMO situation. You know, a window is closing and another door is going to open or however, (laughs) which is, which can be hard to ground into because we cannot know that we're dealing with those thoughts, right? Right. We we have to be very aware of what's actually coming up for us because I may not have access to my own, like, am I going to miss out? I want, so again, to the pausing and slowing down, letting maybe some of the excitement, because I get very excited about things, letting some of the excitement bubble through. And then, and that can literally be a day. It could even be a couple hours, depending on, you know, building awareness. But then to your point, if it's not a good fit for one of the people in a two-person collab, then it's not a good collaboration. Yeah. And that can just be enough. I love that. Um, Yeah. Trust is really about taking time and making (sighs) sure that you're feeling and you're, you know, that, and that it's a financially safe or whatever situation, something you actually want to even embark in. So really is time. So now I want to ask you the question of, do you believe that broken trust can be repaired? And feel free to use any examples that you want. Um, and then what are kind of like the, what do you do if trust has been broken? I think it can be repaired a lot of times when, and it, this just is so individual, but when someone has, I think maybe broken my trust or hasn't been reciprocal enough by my standards Am I willing to have a conversation to actually, because here's the thing, trust is built in repair. So if a situation is only ever always good, how do you know if there's any trust? Like think of your relationship, like my best friendships, there's been a rift at some point, right? One of us actually, oh, hurt the other one's feelings or, you know, did something. But then when that repair happens, oh, well, then that is a trustworthy space. So a lot of, and and this is, you know, maybe a little trickier in business. I'm definitely thinking of personal situations right now, but I think that this principle can really hold. There are going to be ruptures. And I think a lot of times, especially for people I work with sixes, we don't want any ruptures. So I just need to set my life up and do things in such a way that there's never a rupture. Like, well, that isn't, actually very truthy to how life works. So when the ruptures occur, what happens? Do I step into that moment? Do am I willing to allow for repair? Because there, I live and die by repair. This is my parenting strategy. This is my marriage strategy. This is my probably business strategy. It's truly a principle I absolutely live by. That means there has to be rupture. So absolutely, I think broken trust can be um, repaired. Yeah. I forget the and second I, part of the question. Well, I, was, I guess that? I was asking what we do, but I think the first step is uh, realizing that uh, something has been ruptured and ruptures do happen because they we're absolutely hundred percent happen. Um, and so what do you think? Like, what's a 
maybe like two or three kind of ways back to trust. And I think repair, I mean, repair in and of itself is one step. That's a huge step. Like being willing I mean, I, and invested yeah. to do it. Do I trust myself? This gets back to the beginning. Do I trust myself to step into a hard conversation and own my feelings? Right? We don't get to repair by saying you mm. messed up. We just don't, that doesn't, when in the history of humaning has <laughs> a disagreement or an argument or whatever actually been repaired by saying, listen, I really need to tell you what a piece of crap you are. Like, it, I, I don't know if this is news to anyone. It tends, it like, it doesn't work. Right. So we want to actually have our own communication skills intact of like, Hey, this is what happened. This is how I experienced that. This is what's coming up for me. And then the person gets to talk. Mm-hmm. How do they step into that space? How do they plead? <laughs> yeah. To plead guilty plead? or not guilty. <laughs> and are they able to own anything about what happened? Yeah. And if they're not, you're getting more information that you then get to make decisions about. So I think that's it. Do I, Is my communication trustworthy? Yeah. Am I safe to have a rupture and repair with? Am I that person? Because if I'm not that person, you know, I don't know. I can't really expect that from other people. Okay. This is sort of my final question. Um, And it might be a big question, but I hear it go both ways where you just need to trust your gut. And Mm. then I also hear where it's like, no, no, everything must be logical and rational and think it through and process it. So especially in business, but also in life, like is trusting your gut an actually viable MO? (laughs) And Mm. what does it actually like feel like to trust your gut? Because some of us have a little bit of a broken gut meter. (laughs) My hand is right. I think as a general rule, it's just probably incomplete. I mean, kind of like all good things. Sure. There's a measure of truth in that, right? Which to me would be, I want to trust my sense of things, whether, and I, and I do think that's a little bit over some time because my sense of things can be, this is amazing and I can be wrong. And my sense of things could be like, well, this seems terrible and I could be wrong. So what are the things we trust our gut? It's just such a, it's such an incomplete teaching, right? It's, I think it's most applicable in moments of actual life or death stuff, right? Like if I'm in a street and there's an alley and my gut says, don't walk down the alley, I'm just going to listen to that. I don't need right. to overthink that one. Right. But if I'm in a relationship and there's a sense that something's not right, that sense might actually be in my heart space. That sense might be sort of down lower in my body. Um, I do actually work with people to find what does it feel? What does your inner authority feel like? Like to me, that's a more holistic, reliable thing to build awareness of. I also think a lot of times when we override our gut, we can look back and see that. And then how do we treat ourselves? Do we think, do we get mad at ourselves for that? Or do we use that as internal trust building and actually, oh, that was my gut talking. What did that feel like? What was that like? So we can use situations that don't end up great as a way to really learn what, when our gut is talking to us. 
Because a lot of times our gut talks a lot quieter than our very loud, doubting, thinking brains. So there's kind of a journey to learn when is my authority really talking? Is my very long answer to that question. What do you think about that? That's what I wanted was a very long answer. So, and I think it really is about uh, lining up the brain, the heart and the gut. Like again, it goes back to time. Like we had to build trust requires time. And whether that is a short amount of time, you know what? It's more not, it's maybe it's not time. Maybe it's presence and awareness and whether I like that just between me and myself or whether that is between me and somebody else, it takes presence and awareness. And like, like we talked about at the beginning, like a reciprocity, right? Like both parties looking in or, or me looking in on myself. So I love it. I also want to add just one more sort of piece to actually build this sort of skill set that we're talking about. And it's the skill of supporting ourselves sort of on the back end of whatever the thing is that happened if it didn't go so well. Supporting ourselves regardless of outcome is one way to really build self-trust as opposed to erode self-trust. So let's say I do a collaboration and it doesn't go well. How do I treat myself on the back end of that? Do I say, well, I'm learning this thing. It makes sense that I made those choices. I definitely miss these signs, whatever, whatever, good on me, and I'm moving on. Or do I say, that didn't work out. What's wrong with me? I'm never going to figure this out. That was terrible. I should have seen this coming. I should have, you know, Mm. there's such different ways to treat ourselves. And we can look at like, what if we put that, person outside of us talking to us. How do we want to be supported when something doesn't turn out how we want it to? And putting that as a skill set that we're building as business owners, particularly as women, I think can kind of make or break if we're able to keep going forward or not. Do I know how to support myself when things are hard? And am I aware of when my brain is really being cruel to me? And that's not a problem that happens automatically to all of us. But how do I navigate that? How do I work with that piece? Yeah. I want to link your most recent episode, the one from as we're recording this, it it came out yesterday. I want to make sure Mm. to link that in the show notes because it's about that. And it's about using that compassionate voice when we're like really looking at ourselves, which I'm not always good at doing, you know, I will be, we aren't. be like, you suck. <laughs> but yes. I'd, but if somebody said that to me when I was coming to them in a true moment of like, can you help me figure this out? Which is what our brains are doing. And yes. I told them like how awful they were and how dumb they were and how much they sucked. They'd be like, okay, we're no longer friends. Right. So I think it, it wouldn't all, be trusting. That would, would be, be trusting. that would be a relationship where you're like, wow, okay. I can't trust that person to be vulnerable with. So can you trust yeah, yourself yes. to be gentle with you when things are hard in your business, which it's not easy. I literally had one this week that just, it was, you know, one of those scenarios where it's like, well, this is really hard. And I had to be very conscious with how I treated myself through the whole thing. It was an exact, it was literally everything we've talked about. I had to execute on all of these skills. And I will say that my time frame in emotional recovery was 24 hours. Whereas my time frame in the emotional recovery in the same situation a year ago would probably have been a week. So 
it's not that it wasn't hard. It's that I've built skills. Hmm. And so it gets easier over time, but I didn't expect it to not feel terrible as it was happening. It's like, oh, it's like a, okay, here I go. I really okay. like just to to take it home. I really like the concept of this being a skill set that we're building because yeah. that makes it, oh, it just makes it feel like, okay, I don't have to actually have all this figured out and know exactly no. how to handle it overnight. It takes time. It takes a year of journaling about the same thing sometimes. <laughs> well, and it just, when we think about it, why would we know how to build trusting business relationships if we haven't done business before? Like we do a weird thing where we think we should know how to do things when that doesn't actually make any sense at all. Yeah. And that's part of the message too, is like, you're doing the thing. You just got to trust yourself and believe in yourself and blow. Like, that doesn't even make sense. It's like bypassing the skill building. Yeah. 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 Okay. Talk to me about how you like to work with people and um, then maybe share how do people can find and connect with you online and also your podcast. But like, talk to us about how a coaching, like how it looks to coach with you. Mm, yes. I'm like, good question. How does it look to coach with me? I have, I work in two ways right now. I have a group program. So that has an online course component and then weekly group coaching with me. And then I also still do some one-on-one okay, sessions. Great. Yeah. It's great. mostly focused on the group. So my one-on-one clients are, I only have a few at a time. Who knows how that will shift in the new year? I have um, some- and I will make sure all your links are in the show notes, but can you also make sure we know how to find you online and listen to your podcast? Yes. On Instagram, I'm, I'm like, what am I on Instagram? All these things <laughs> just fly out of my head. Enneagram six coach. I think it's very clear. And then my podcast is called life uninhibited, the Enneagram six podcast. And I love podcasting. And I really, Emily, just want to thank you. You helped me own this identity of a podcaster. Like, I didn't know that was a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> it's opened up a whole new world and community that I didn't know existed. I was just doing my thing. And it's been lovely to start to feel more of a connection to that community. So thanks the, for that. The podcasting community is wonderful. And I want to say most of the times it is very, very trustworthy, <laughs> which so, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last question, I just want to make sure, is there anything I did not ask that you were like, Oh my God, I hope she asks me that or anything that you can, if that's not, if that's a no, uh, anything you want to just like leave us with to just let sink in. Uh, no to any questions, burning questions you didn't ask. The thing to leave us with, I think the thing that is most important to me is kind of what we ended on. How am I treating myself as I'm doing the very challenging thing of building and running a business? It's not easy. And there's so many things that come up for me that I never would have seen coming. 
And so what is my relationship with myself as I go on this journey? You know, what is that internal environment? I think that is something I work with my clients first and foremost on. What is the internal environment that all of your growth and development and transformation is actually happening in? Because that's the most important relationship we'll ever have, no matter what we're doing in life. So yeah. I love You'd be that. nice enough and to yourself. It's very uh, big picture. She built this like she built this and you also yeah. have to start building it inside. So yes. Oh, love that. Thank you so much, Kristen. You're obviously welcome back anytime. And it was a delight. Me. 